0: This is 96.7 on your FM dial, and wow, uh, this is going to be a really sharp talk. Well, I don't know, <laughs> I'm playing with words here. We're, we're not playing with knives, but we are talking knives. Uh, I'm, well, let's get our gentleman in front of us to tell us who he is and where we're at.
1: My name is Colin McGuire, and this is Knifeware in Inglewood, in Calgary. And you don't just sell knives, you sell precision tools. They are indeed like little samurai swords or lightsabers, depending on which one you get, I suppose.
0: It's <laughs> very Star Trek. Star Wars. Sorry, I almost said Star Trek, but anyways, yes. Like, how many knives do you have in the store?
1: We've got tons of knives. Metric tons. Yes. Uh, but we work with about 30 different blacksmiths and factories, in all from Japan. All Japanese? Yeah.
0: Only Japanese?
1: We specialize in Japanese kitchen knives. We do have... Uh, line of Spanish butchery knives from Arcos. They're a little bit heavier duty For because D- Japanese knives are kind of like sports cars, and sometimes you need a knife that's more like a four x four, right? So to do serrano ham and to do to to, D- to take the bones out of things and to yeah. hack up big chunks of meat, which you can't do with your sports well, car. You could Japanese do, do it knife. It with that. That, that a large, rectangular blade you're pointing at is a Chinese-style chef's knife. It yes. is thin, it is made for slicing, it is not no, for hacking. No, really? It's not a butchery cleaver. Oh, things I don't
0: know. Yeah. Inform us. How does this all work? How does... How does this all work? Yeah, I mean, well, do people... In, are, people in Calgary more astute and more like why are you why are there stores like this everywhere
1: I think it was not that long ago that Japanese knives were unheard of in the west and so gradually the word is getting out that they get sharper they stay sharp longer and that makes them awesome that's what you want in a kitchen so
0: you were explaining to me off air that there are actual constructions to the blade itself of, of hard and soft steel
1: yes exactly because the steel is so hard it has uh, a core cutting steel which is the part that's actually going to do the work and then the outside of the knife is clad with a softer steel kind of like a steel sandwich and that process in Japanese is called sanmai three layer where Because the softer steel uh, is less likely to break, hard steel can be a bit brittle, then your knife is reinforced by having that cladding on the outside. But you can have the very thin, fine, hard cutting edge. Which is exposed by... By sharpening. sharpening. So we sharpen knives here. We sharpen Western knives, Japanese knives. Right at the front. I mean, it must be the big part of your business. It is a big part. A lot of people see us in the window sharpening, and they come in to see what's going on. But they don't bring their skates to you. Uh, no skates. No, we don't do skates. <laughs> we can do scissors, if the scissors come apart. Like kitchen I cheers. would say with the knife that I just used, you could, you could do- cut paper with that. You could definitely cut paper. That's one of our tests. So uh, phone book paper is very thin and gives a lot of feedback. And if your knife isn't ultra sharp, it'll just kind of rip the paper. It won't slice yeah. thin. Yeah, well, you know, a sharp knife is a safe knife, we like to say. I. So let's go all the way down to the end
0: here, because... I'm intrigued. I mean, there is stuff on the walls. There's stuff in displays. And and I must tell you, the display here is all on lentils. Yellow, orange, mm, hot saffron. It's very cool.
1: Yeah, the lentils uh, that the knives are sitting on keep them from rolling around when we open up the drawer. So they don't bash into each other. They also keep the knives dry. Some of our knives uh, are carbon steel. And that can rust. Ah...
0: So these things... And what about the tangs? Is that the right word for The tang,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to
0: knock that, and you don't want to knock the handle either.
1: Well, you wouldn't want to knock any part of these knives, really. Um, But the tang is the part of the blade that goes into the handle, the part of the metal that goes into the handle. That
0: piece right there. There. You can see that on radio, of course.
1: Yeah, of course you can see that clearly on the radio. (laughs) Uh, People are most familiar with the Western-style knives. that have three rivets through the handle, and those are full tang knives the the metal from the blade extends completely into the handle right I can see it all the way back there as
0: opposed to this one
1: as compared now, that's, to that's
0: that's wood that's like bird's eye maple or something
1: a Japanese style handle is a partial tang so it's like a, a the tail of the knife that's inserted into the handle which
0: would be the same dimensions as this end piece oh my exactly. god that's
1: beautiful it's almost as if it's it's like Speaking
0: of wood, it looks very wood-like, like the dendrochronology of a tree, or, or edges of a river, or...
1: River, you nailed it. This is, is that... the river jump. This is a very special knife. It's made by uh, Hino Ura-san. Him and his father developed this technique where they fold steel to make it look like a river. And then the jump, river jumps over at the other side of the knife, oh. so they call this river jump. I don't know why I said that, but anyways, it's, it does look. Like, or yeah. it looks like cartographic
0: maps with the you know where you get the um, the the elevation.
1: Yeah, it does actually with the different layers of steel that are folded together. Now look
0: at these ones. These ones have got dimples. Now again, on radio you can't see the dimples, or you can imagine, but they're dimples. Uh, wow! Oh my goodness! Look at how did they get this done? These are well, like little like you know when you put on pressure on your screen. Sometimes you can get that stuff to happen.
1: It's uh, two different things going on here. The ones that have dimpling, that's what you call tsushime, which is hammered. There's different types of hammering. It's partly for looks, because it looks cool to have those divots along the the side of the knife. But it's partly functional, because those little divots create air pockets, so that food is less likely to stick to the knife. Oh, of course. With the other ones, where it looks like you're saying, you know, when you press on a screen and the colors kind of squish Mm -hmm. around when you're pressing... That's two different types of steel that are layered together. In a Damascus style, which in Japanese I mentioned is that earlier off air Damascus, Damascus, yes. yeah, layers of steel together folded and folded and that's just in the cladding though. The okay. core steel in this Damascus knife is uh, one type of steel, I and mean, the cladding is two types of softer steel. Let's go back inside. a little bit.
0: I mean, some of this because Canada is well known for steel. This is not. This is Japanese, like made steel in some factory in Japan. Yes, what is the original iron come from today is that part of the story as well that this is japanese iron that's been taken with to-
1: some types of steel it is the japanese iron especially in some of the carbon steels yes. in other ones uh they could source it from anywhere but it's the, uh, the processes that they use so uh, the one you're looking at there is very high-end uh, high-speed powder steel uh, which is a type of stainless steel that is powdered as part of the process in order to create extremely fine grains in the steel. How did you learn all this? Uh, I guess I'm a bit of a knife nerd.
0: Knife nerd?
1: Yeah, uh, that owner of Knifeware, Kevin Kent, his handle on social media is at knife nerd. So uh, I guess I I take after him. And how many years, I mean, you just didn't, were born with a knife in your
0: hand, but you you, <laughs> you, you acquired knowledge starting when? At what age?
1: Uh, about 25 years ago, I started making knives. So I made some of my own. They weren't anything as amazing as these, but I learned a lot about knives and sharpening and bevels. And I just kind of kept up the interest as I went along, and and I got a job here, um, and I've learned so much by working here.
0: I have to ask, because I do see some price tags
1: on some of these.
0: Yeah. Um, is that the
1: number? Is that the real number? Okay, so our store is laid out along the lines of performance. And we are in are the we... highest performance this area. This is the Alfa Romeo end of the store. Yeah, these are Lamborghinis, Alfa Romeo's, these are the Ferraris over here.
0: But... Why did we end up down here? I mean my program is about food drinking quality of life. And, yeah. And uh, we've kind of come all the way down to this end. You're attracted to quality
1: of steel, what can I, I say?
0: I, I have to ask you, like seriously, that's that's eleven $1, hundred and sixty bucks for
1: yeah, but the knife you were just pointing at there is made by a fourth generation samurai sword maker who has the hardest hand-hammered steel in the store. He's also a rock star. In the world, star. perhaps. Oh, he's a perhaps rock star. in the real. Yeah, well, you see the picture of him there yes, with his sunglasses yes, yes. on? That gentleman is in his 70s. He dyes his hair purple, and he is a rock star of the blacksmith world. Have you met him? I have not met him. He did but come on might. tour. Yes? Yeah, he did a tour a couple of years ago. World tour. Yeah, well, at least a Canadian tour. Knifeware has several locations. We're uh, originally in Calgary. We have two locations here. There's one in Edmonton, Vancouver, and Ottawa, with more locations well, to Well, the come. shave shop next door... Kent of Inglewood. Yes. Yeah. Same company. Same person. Same, Same. yeah. Hmm. Uh, the two stores are actually connected in the back at this location. Oh, really? But they do the other side of Sharp. They do shaving supplies, axes, hunting knives.
0: You... Let's talk about using these. You use them... How do you... You don't have to season them or anything like that? You How do you... Like, you just don't wipe them with a dishcloth. <laughs> well,
1: when it comes to a carbon steel laugh, knife that could because, rust, you yes. do need to wipe it with a dishcloth. You yeah. need to wipe it off before you put it down. Otherwise, it can rust. With stainless steel knives, the maintenance is less. Right. But with carbon steel, you can't leave it lying around wet or... It well, will
0: even it... your woods that are on here would probably be damaged over time.
1: So we're talking about... <sighs> If you're going to make great food, you should be using a great knife. You should. Using a great, sharp knife makes food taste better. Well, hang on.
0: L- let's have a look. At, because just to go back here, because we I got to try this knife. And we saw if the food is cut thinner, it gives more surface area. That's right. If I was doing scalloped potatoes, you had some potatoes out here, which, I mean, it just... You wouldn't need a mandolin. No. You could use this sort of this a knife to exactly do This is exactly what I was yeah. going to... I, I never learned to play the mandolin myself, but it does, a mandolin does a beautiful job, but probably not as nice as
1: that. No, and if you like cutting things, I mean, the mandolin isn't a lot of fun. No. Uh, I certainly would rather do it with a knife. Although the mandolin does very even pieces, to be fair. Um, what's important about a really sharp knife when it comes to food and the quality thereof is that it separates the things that you're cutting cleanly. If you're using a dull knife, if you're using a serrated knife, you're heaven forbid, tearing. you're tearing it. Food is made up of cells. Those cells have liquid in them. They will bleed all over and the place. And if you cut it and it bleeds everywhere, there goes your flavor all over your cutting board.
0: Well, let's look at these. These obviously are two kinds of wood. In the, I'm, I'm not sure what the red is. It could be could be stained, I suppose. But
1: Yep, the red collar on the handle of that knife is made from packa wood. Uh, pack of wood is reinforced with resin And they're often dyed to give you different colours The resin makes it a bit more waterproof Because the collar is right next to the blade The back part of those handles Is made from cherry wood And it's more of a natural wood uh, Definitely wooden handles You need to shoot them like a cutting board Wash them with soap and water, dry them off Oil them occasionally so they don't dry out
0: hmm. Do you ever have black walnut or elm? Or,
1: uh, we have elm. rosewood That's Which wh- I'm a big fan of Although uh, there are some sustainability issues with rosewood really? because uh, I'm going to blame it on the guitar manufacturers oh. Apparently, they really like to use it in some parts of guitar construction
0: and these are the signatures of that's not kanji that's the Those gray. are kanji on are the blade can- yeah. Japanese they stamp
1: them at the last
0: minute as you know is that how it works it's, they have a a die, like a die and they
1: just, boom yeah in some cases they are engraved in some cases they are stamped in sort of one hit from the hammer at a time. that's it.
0: One hit and one hit only. Sorry, that's like Hunt for Red October, if you remember (laughs) the line. But Sean Connery says, one ping and one ping only. Yeah,
1: well, Uh, if you're Sean Connery, you can
0: get away with that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Let's go over here. I mean, that's
0: different. That's beautiful. I mean, the wood, you know?
1: Yeah, the wood on... And these, look at these. That's a particularly interesting wood. That is uh, a splited birch really and only about 20 percent of birch trees are spalted of that 20 percent spalting, spalting is a type of disease that oh attacks and it, the yes world. yes yes so you can't use a lot of spalted wood for anything because it's damaged so right. of that 20 percent that's got spalting only a certain percentage will be usable for knife handles you
0: need to go to british columbia with all that pine bark affected wood no no that's a bit now yeah. this one says kramer on it
1: Bob, Bob, Bob Kramer, yeah. Oh, Bob I was thinking about more like... Uh, uh, Kramer know. from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, he's after his Seinfeld career, he got into you making knives. knives. No, uh, Bob Kramer is an American blacksmith who trained in Japan. And and these are all his. former chef. And these are produced by Zwilling, who's the German, German. giant who makes Henkel's knives, which yes, many people will be familiar with. But they're made in Japan. So this is Bob Kramer's design. Made by spilling in a Japanese Look it, the
0: handle is replicated in the, the patterning to a degree. But they're, yeah. they're go- seriously, they're works of art.
1: They are, they're usable works of art. That being said, we do have some customers who come in and they buy some of our most high-end, unique hand-forged knives and put them up on the wall. This one customer says he doesn't like paintings, doesn't like sculptures, he likes, he knives. likes knives. Is that ceramic? Uh, that is not. What is that? Uh, it's just maybe the light is not... Oh, okay. I'm getting a lot of the red from
0: the walls here. I thought that was red or mahogany or something, but it is steel. I How it come this steel. one is not... This one has... It's so different because it's non-pattern.
1: It still has a cladding on the outside, but the cladding is plain. And in this case, uh, Terukazu Takamura, the man who forged that, he is known for knives that are a little bit understated and their edges speak for them they are so refined the first time i cut with one it raised hairs on the back of my neck and i cut with a lot of knives like i, I know a sharp okay. knife and that you really are a knife me. nerd yeah
0: i i mean martha stewart you <laughs> oh my goodness
1: she's uh this guy is her favorite blacksmith Takamura-san, has some of his knives and in fact, Ranked she... Ranked number
0: one in a consumer test report by Smartson in Sweden, beating out every top-of-the-line European knife in the running.
1: Wow. Probably destroying every top-of-the-line European knife oh, in the running. Oh,
0: Renny at uh, Noma in Copenhagen used it, so yes. I hope he didn't throw it at anybody because he's notorious not. for throwing things. And if you're at the uh, Takafu train station, there I guess there's a display. So it says here. Um, these are much more reasonable in some ways. I guess after seeing these, anything is reasonable, but $300.
1: You're looking at anywhere between around a 100 for an entry-level pretty decent knife, up to over 2000 and everything in between. You have a $2,000 knife? Behold, the Maguro Bocho, which is a tuna knife. Oh, I uh, thought maybe it was for blowfish or something, but no. No.
0: Just so because what
1: you've got up there is one of those blowfish. More thing. of a blowfish, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So for people listening on the radio, this sword is about two feet long, and it's for tuna. But this is the small one. They come in small, medium, and large. Wow. I... So, yes, it is a work of art. Absolutely. It is. And if you want to butcher tuna, this is it. This is it. This is the creme de la creme of tuna butchering knives. Okay. You've even got a
0: map on the wall to show us exactly where all these guys are. Are there women who do this
1: at all? Or is it a men-only industry? It is very male-dominated, but there are... I did see a woman... Down here. That's the manager of the store, Katsumi, who is one of our best sharpeners and is teaching me to sharpen. She's there. She is at the front of the store right I now. I thought of there was a sneaking familiarity. Yes. <laughs> uh, but there, there's one female blacksmith that we know of. She's apprenticing with Tomo U Matsumura. Her name is Sayaka Kouda. And they work for Tojiro, which is one of the big giants in the industry. Tojiro has kind of a boutique smithy within their large factory setting so that's where they're working support that kind of artisanal yeah yes so she's apprenticing with this master blacksmith and the president of the company said no you got to give this woman a try and some other people were like oh no 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 black women shouldn't be doing this and she is awesome and she's doing really well and we expect great things from her
0: Okay. I, I do have to ask this because it's it's been preying on my mind. You can't just buy one knife, right? Knives have different purposes. I'm looking at this one compared to
1: this one, compared to this one, compared to, like how many knives would it should a person have? Uh, how many knives You should have as many knives as you currently have, plus one. That's the right number. <laughs> but then by next year it becomes plus one more. Exactly. <laughs> I think for I, would starting out. In, I would get
0: these insured. I would put them on my house insurance.
1: If you have a $1,000 knife, it should definitely be in your house insurance. I yeah, could just you, see
0: somebody coming over and then, like, oh, I got here before you. I, I thought I'd help you out. And I used your I hope you don't mind. I used your knife.
1: And probably put a chip in it because they tried to chop up some frozen food or something. Yeah, it happens. Uh, that being said, if people buy a knife from us, the first sharpening and/or repair is free. And we do all kinds of knife repairs. So um, when you say chip, you mean like a little divot taken out? Know, a, a chip. So the knives are really hard, but the trade-off is they can be a bit brittle. You Even with that that, that soft cladding on the outside, the cutting edge is still extremely hard. You can't cut hard things with a really hard knife. Look, yeah. there's
0: one going back in here now, and the drawers pull out, and and you know exactly where to put it. Oh yeah, because it's one of those. <laughs>
1: I think if someone wants to get into Japanese knives, you can start with just one knife. You get a versatile, all-around but never chef's stop. knife. You'll never stop. You'll never there. stop there. Is,
0: which one is that? That's kind of the, that's You're looking, the. French.
1: That's kind of a French knife, isn't it? You're looking at either uh, the Japanese equivalent of a French knife, which they call a gyuto, that means cow sword. It's a versatile, all-around chef's knife, shaped a lot like a French knife. The other style is the santoku. Santoku means three virtues. Then those virtues are slicing, dicing, and mincing, or meat, fish, and veggies. And it's uh, like the Gyuto, except it has a bit of a flatter flat, edge. Yes, it does. So it has a bit of a vegetable bias, a little bit easier to chop with a flat edge. The Gyuto is a little more curved, it has a bit of a meat bias.
0: Which one should I use for opening my envelopes that Canada Post drops off of my head? I'm just kidding. I you wouldn't. Use I, I, any recommend, of
1: those. I recommend I uh, recommend this one over here. Which oh. is uh, only $1,800. It's the best letter opener you will ever have.
0: That's stunning.
1: This is hand forged by a master who apprenticed with his father, who was a master, for 50 years of apprenticeship. It's using the Honyaki method, where it's a mono-steel, not a clad steel, that they differentially temper by using different thicknesses of clay on different parts of the steel. Uh, a lot of knives fail this way. But so is this traditional that...
0: It- it goes from father to son to nephew. I mean, you just don't wake up one morning and
1: say, I'm going to be a knife guy. People, everyone's got to start somewhere. Yes. Uh, we do have some knives from the Moritaka family. They've been making knives in Japan for 700 years, over 700 So I hope they got it right. Yeah, they've got it right. They're one of the few groups uh, who do their own laminated steel. A lot of blacksmiths will get the Sanmai three-layer construction with the soft, hard, soft steel from the factory, and then they'll hammer it out themselves and turn it into a knife. The Moritakas, they do it themselves, because they've been at it 700 years, so they know what's up.
0: I'm just wondering, I mean, the rest of Canada knows nothing about this, I mean... Or maybe they do.
1: Well, There's a website, I imagine. There's a website, knifeware.com. There's also a documentary up online put together by Knifeware. Uh, it's called Spring Hammer, which is the main tool that blacksmiths use. That's all one word. It's on YouTube. It's free. There's two parts. So people who want to know more, the information is out there for sure. It's out there somewhere. Yep. <laughs> or they can come to see us and we'll fill them well, in. Well,
0: you've spent a, you know a chunk of time basically educating us. On the
1: opportunities that are... I mean, really, one of these knives should last a life. I mean, you should be able to pass these down. Definitely. If you're maintaining it, imagine uh, a really good knife that can hold its edge for a couple of years without sharpening. Versus a knife that you need to sharpen every three months in order to keep it sharp. Well, Um, I would Sharpening removes metal, right? Yes. So the harder it is, the less sharpening, the longer it's going to last.
0: I will tell you that most of the people that I know, I don't even think have sharpened their knives. I mean... There are people I know who do sharpen their knives on a regular basis, but the vast majority do not. They don't know what I just did over there is impossible with any of their knives. Yeah.
1: And so a lot of people, I think, don't enjoy cooking as much as they could because they're yes. struggling with a dull knife. It's not enjoyable. Their food doesn't taste as good because the cuts aren't clean. And it's more dangerous. When you have to use more force in order to cut something, you you're more likely to slip to and have control. a catastrophic mistake. Let me see your
0: fingers. If you got them all? You can count to ten. Yeah. Wow. I,
1: I might get little cuts from a super sharp knife, yes. but they're surgical. They heal within a day or two.
0: Can you do open-heart surgery?
1: <laughs> yes, with my chef knife, I could do open-heart surgery. Okay. On a, on a cow heart that I'm going to eat Well, later. let's
0: talk about cows for a second. Yeah. This is cow town in sure. some ways. This is steak town.
1: Yeah. Do you sell steak knives? We do sell steak knives. Like, seriously? Seriously. I just thought I'd They're funny They're not serrated. That. They're actually sharp. Where are they? Come right this well, way.
0: Let's go have a look and see what a steak knife looks like here. Oof.
1: Ah. These are steak knives. You'll note the distinctive lack of serrations on them, because if you have a nice steak, why are you tearing it up with a serrated knife? It's like a saw. Instead, you need something that can actually cut it.
0: This is um, a similar...
1: That one has a traditional Japanese handle. This the has more of a Western wings. style handle. They come in sets of four usually. Now, seriously,
0: I'm going to have Wagu with this because that's a three hundred dollar knife.
1: Well, it, it's part of a set of four. Oh yeah.
0: Oh sorry, no. They're 300. Four knives for three hundred. Oh four for three I thought yeah. four times three. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to go to what, what's the, what's the major grocery chain here?
1: Sobies? Do you have Sobies or yeah, or like or Superstore? Or Our Costco? local one is Bite down the road. Costco is here, sure. Uh, you wouldn't
0: go and buy the cheapest cut kind of. Oh, well, you probably could because you could cut through it beautifully. Yep. I this has been a total illumination for me on the possibilities that are out there and the knowledge that somebody has,
1: like yourself is 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 immense and we should profit by it yeah well you know we are here to make people's lives better because cooking and food is such an important part of life and when people are struggling in the kitchen they're turning out plates that have lost flavor that don't taste as good that it's just there's so much to gain from having a good tool that becomes an extension of your body and can bring you to new heights of culinary expression. I,
0: I'm just wondering what you're having. You're not going to microwave
1: anything for dinner tonight, I hope. Yeah, I'm going to go home and make a microwave pizza. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but you're going to cut it, slice it really nicely. Very, very thinly with a $1,000 knife.
0: If somebody had, if I, I, I think we kind of got there, but we're not quite. If somebody walked in today and said, I don't know any. I want a knife to start me off. Where would
1: you take them? And you you wouldn't take them with a few questions to start. Go ahead, what would the questions be? So what kind of knives do you have already? Uh, do you know the difference do between steel? you ever kick steel? anybody out of the
0: store and say, you know what, I can't deal with you because you want a serrated steak knife?
1: No, no, but we can't help them if that's what they really want. We can send them to Canadian Tire for that. It's a a bit of an algorithm, really. It's getting to know a customer and what kind of food they like to cook and what their cutting habits are like, what their budget is. I mean, I test
0: drove that. Do you ever say to somebody, take this one home, think about it, and, you know, come back, sort of on consignment?
1: Uh, We do have a class. It's called Cut Like a Chef. We do it every Saturday, and people can come in. They can try a whole bunch of demo knives. They learn classic cuts. They learn knife safety. And it's a great way for people who aren't sure about right. Japanese knives to get some experience with them. What but no, you, you can't take them home without buying them.
0: What, what other questions would you ask them just to make sure that they... be
1: I'm, I'd ask them if they're professional or if they're a home cook. Of course. We do get a lot of people working in restaurants and they have different needs. Yes. In terms of edge retention. You know, if you're working in a professional k- kitchen, it matters more that it cuts well for a long time than it be beautiful. Yeah. Some people are
0: home cooks. So are there so they want more utility something? knives, then? Are there, are, are, are there, is there a more
1: utility kind of knife that you would recommend to a chef? So you see that knife that's on the wall there? That is a factory-made knife. It's Japanese. It looks like a Western knife. But that was the owner's very first Japanese knife. And those are extremely high performance. But it looks normal, plain. It's deceptively simple and yet it's got a very high-end steel, it'll hold its edge for ages. So for a professional chef, something like that is a good choice. You spend the money on the steel and not on it being fancy layers of yada, yada, yada. Tell
0: us again who you are and where we are today.
1: My name is Colin McGuire, and we are at Knifeware in Calgary. Knifeware in Calgary here in
0: Inglewood. And of course the website? Is knifeware.com. I- Folks, you're going to go there. You're going to find out. I'm sure uh, we can explore together, but this has been a great program and, and a very uh, serendipity has brought me here to this. And, Colin, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you.
1: Bed, just drooping on down. Oh, that cement is full. Just for the wait there. Five will get you ten old Mackeys back in town we Miller.